0: Welcome to Permission to Be Human, the podcast. I'm your host, Mel Finlater, mother, coach, and curator of Permission to Be Human, the company, and community. If you're a mum, know a mum, or want to be a mum, and you crave getting out in the world to make a difference, then you're in the right place. This is a space for mums like you to connect with yourself, your purpose, and your big audacious dreams. Because when you feel your best, you can better you, your family, and the wider world. Let's do this. I am so excited to share with you the interview that I did with Sarah Treadwell that is such an amazing person to speak with. We talk about fear and how it comes into our life, especially during times of change and how we can build a relationship with that fear instead of shunning it or scaring it away. And we dig into asking for help and why that is not only so important, but a gift to others. And so many more things. Sarah Treadwell is a social worker turned spirit worker who assists her clients with energetic wellness and fullness. She has her own podcast as well. She's the host of Circle of Fire the podcast, which aims to build intentional communities by honoring our individual sovereignty and power. And I am so excited to share with you today. So stick around. This podcast is all about moms who have big audacious dreams and talking about how they got there and what they are and just seeing how mom life fits into that. So my first question for you is what does big audacious dream mean to you? I mean, my life
1: is all about following my authentic self and helping others do that. So I think that's the theme throughout my life is just following, following that inner voice of, of the more like, what's, what am I searching for? What am I trying to achieve like at a deep level? And that has really just following that inner voice has led me to amazing things
0: that I never would have thought (laughs) Amazing. So following the inner voice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so important as mums, right? Because it, it's really easy to not actually follow your inner voice when you have so many demands on life.
1: Yeah. That's a huge challenge because there's so many things we need, should do, or we have to do that. It's really hard to follow these voices that sometimes tell us to do things that don't make any sense, like sit down and And read a book with your child when you have to do the dishes and make dinner and do the laundry and you know email that person back and you know but that moment sitting down is actually
0: what will get you where you want to be sometimes. I love that yeah. Um, So what do you do when you sit down in those moments? How do you get into that voice? It's taken a long time
1: uh, definitely to learn that Not following the voice didn't actually solve anything. Right, Mm -hmm. following the chaos, following the fear or the stress, actually didn't make the day go any better. uh, Is a huge thing to learn. And for me, I had to go over and over following the fear, following the stress, witnessing my my family, right, the women in my family doing the same, and friends of mine. Until I kind of was like, what if I didn't? What if I didn't follow the fear? What if I didn't follow Mm. that inner voice saying what I should do and finding that, oh, the things still got done, but I was able to really be present more with my family and, and in all the aspects of my life when I didn't move from a place of stress, but I
0: moved from a place of joy. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So once you listen, started to listen to that that inner voice that you're describing, and I love that you said, um, what if I didn't follow the fear? So once you're like, okay, I don't need to do that anymore, and you started listening to that inner voice, what came out of it? What What dreams or ambitions or thoughts came out?
1: Yeah. So when I decided to not follow the fear, it was uh, the first thing that I was met with, with struggling, letting go of control. Mm. Right. So, following the joy, following peace, it's a really huge act of, of surrender and, you know, not knowing. I can, if I know, if I'm doing all the things I should do, then I kind of can think, pretend I know what I'm doing. I know what the outcome is. I know what, if I know I'm going to go in the room and do these tasks, I feel in control. So, and I feel like I can check those off and I can look, I'm proving to everyone, look what I'm doing. It's a very external act. Not that I felt that at the time, but as I started to try to let go, I started realizing all of these layers of, um, I don't know, society or, or programming. I don't want to say programming, but like what the world told me I should be was where most of that, the struggle Was residing. And so, as I started to allow myself space to let go of that, I began to become okay with the possibility of that I could be more than what others thought of me.
0: Wow. Yeah. You can be more than what others thought of you.
1: And the funniest part of that, Mel, is that what I found out when I did that is it actually had nothing to do with what other people thought of me because what I found out is other people already saw me very clearly. It was actually what I thought I was capable of that was on the other side of that. I was totally shocked because I thought, oh, what are other people gonna think? Well, no, other people wouldn't think I could or should or would, Um, but I was shocked over and over when people would say back, oh yeah, as I started to kind of, I guess, stand in my bravery, people would say, oh yeah, that makes sense for you. Or, oh, I could see you being good at that because I was the one who didn't believe in myself, ultimately.
0: Wow. Now that is something to learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. So initially, still working on it. Still working. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, it sounds, it's like this outwardly thing first where, and then we get a bit of blame and like, like it's, it's others that are looking at me like that. But in fact, it's inside that we need to shift in order to in order to, I love that phrase you said, stand in my bravery. Like, yeah, that's what we all need to be doing, right? Stand in my bravery. Yeah. And it's not easy.
1: (laughs) And I think the cool thing about being a mom and going through this journey is that our children are unapologetically brave when they first get Mm. to this planet, because they don't know to be afraid, right? They don't know that they should not have that dream to be, you know, my youngest, and my oldest, both, you know, I'm going to be a YouTube singer. I'm going to be a star. I don't put it past them to do that, but they, they didn't have any fear of it. Cause it was like, of course I can, of course I would, if I want to, I will. And I think from what I've read, things I've read, things I've talked to people, the biggest hindrance to our own success is us, is us giving up. Is the yeah. determination and the belief that we can, right? That we we tend to start and stop and start and stop instead of
0: continuing forward mm. to the finish line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we we all do, right? Every single one of us. And and um, it's easy to look at people who we see as being really brave who are maybe just a little further on that journey and showing their outward bravery. Um, and think that actually they never had to do that and they still don't like oh they're good they're brave they're courageous they're already out there right Um, and kind of separating ourselves from them as as humans when in fact that they're just like us (laughs) they had a starting place as well and we all start in slightly different places but we're always working on these like inner challenges the entire time and standing in your bravery is a vulnerable space to be and that's hard
1: and I think the really great point you made just there is about how so a lot of people and myself including for a while believe that you have to get rid of the fear before you move forward when in reality mm-hmm. you have to move forward and allow the fear to come with you yeah yeah and and if you listen to interviews from celebrities and authors right they like they're musicians that get sick and are so stage fright and then they go out and they have a wonderful show at night after night because the fear has to be allowed to come with us if we're waiting for the fear to go away we'll never begin
0: yes Yes, I love that. Yeah, and it's yeah, I 100% agree with every single thing you just said. The fear, the fear is needs to come with us. Yeah, yeah, and courage is not the absence of fear, right? Courage is exactly. having fear and still deciding to do it. Yes. And it was, and and
1: it still shows up for me. And, and honestly, now I have, what I do is I have a relationship with the fear and I ask it questions like, what are you afraid of? What, what's going on here fear? Um, okay. You can come like you, it has important information, this fear that comes with us. So what are you, what are you trying to tell me? Um, and and not letting it just rule, but acknowledge its existence and say, I know you're here with me, we're gonna do this together, but what what message do you have? And in my personal practice with work, I assist other people with kind of coming to this understanding. And so I often talk to their fear with them of like, what are you, because we can have a desire, we can wanna have an intention or a desire, And we're very frustrated with why is this not happening? What is this, why can't I reach this? And when we can get in and talk to that fear and say, there's parts of ourselves that are maybe not fully in alignment with this desire and are like, oh, we can't do that because if we were to achieve this professional success, maybe we would not be as present in our family life and, and our kids would resent us, right? So we might have this underlying fear And so our fear is protecting us from becoming a bad mom. That's what the ultimate fear is, right? So when we can address that and heal that and make a contract and kind of a agreement with the fear to say, I'm not going to do that. We're going to be able to move forward. And we, I agree with you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to abandon my family, you know, in order to be successful, but that doesn't have to be the case. And in reality, I can be a better model to my children by showing them how to be a mom and, and reach for your dreams. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a really beautiful thing when you're, when you can decide to have a relationship with a fear, which is not something that's usually talked about.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that you're personifying the fear, right? And and so often we talk about emotions and our, our feelings, fear being one of them, as like positive and negative. That's the terms that they use in like positive psychology, right? But, but that doesn't mean good and bad, right? So fear isn't a bad feeling. It might not feel very good, right? It's getting our body into a state. But like you say, it's telling us something. So what if we listen to it? and then talk with it right and then move through that whatever it is where i think yeah, so often just, we we just push it aside and say oh exactly. like fear go away you're you're getting in my way right yes, you're getting in yes. my way and actually fear is sometimes and i've done similar personification stuff it's what if that fear is actually like your inner child saying it so would you would you talk to your child that way because they were afraid. No, no way. They're like, okay, like, what are you afraid about? As you say, right? Like that's, yeah, that's so powerful. I love, I love that.
1: Yeah. And the fact that we can listen to it, that doesn't mean we have to believe it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the difference is we can listen to our fear without believing it and buying into it and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, fear, what's going on today? Why, uh, you know, what, what are you, what's, what's happening? (laughs) I love that idea yeah. of the inner child, right? If you were talking to someone else, you would help them explore, where is this coming from? But when it's within ourselves, we're just, we, it can be crippling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. So you've clearly done a lot of work on yourself over the last few years. Tell me a little bit about um, that journey and your journey of kind of finding out where like getting to where you are right now in terms of your work and being a mom and how it all kind of mingles. I think what I wanna say first is that what
1: the biggest thing I've found through this whole wonderful game of life is that it's really about the long game. When I first began, I thought it was about immediate, quick, you know, get rich quick scheme or like how to how to achieve all of your dreams in 30 days (laughs) kind of thing yeah uh and over time you know I feel like just life slows down the process because it is a journey and it was so frustrating and so hard to wait because I just wanted to be there and so my journey really began right I mean it's our whole lives it's our whole lives so where did Mm -hmm. it begin I mean My life really changed significantly when I was 16, because I became pregnant and decided to keep my child. And Mm -hmm. so the trajectory changed dramatically from where I thought I was going to go to where I went. And um, I decided to become a social worker instead of go to school for acting, which was a huge shift. But I felt like, okay, well, acting and and psychology are similar because of understanding people. So great. And I still kind of continued on my own personal journey while also doing this really hard, big thing of going into motherhood before I was even, you know, simultaneously to becoming an adult. I was a child and then I was a mother. So that was a really unique journey. Um, But the one thread that went through is, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to stay true to myself while also doing this really big thing. And And following that path went all sorts of places I didn't expect. Um, And the patience was the hardest part, I think, looking back on it. Uh, That was just so frustrating, waiting. Um, And I think that's kind of the struggle, right? It's like not being in the now, not being present. And if I could go back and change one thing, it would be to tell that younger self, like, let's just enjoy this moment because the future is coming. We don't need to. We don't need to be. You know, there's again that fear comes up of, and it's not going to happen or it's not going to be. But just because it's not right now doesn't mean it's not coming for us. And and we can miss these great moments while we're while we're impatiently anticipating the future.
0: Wow, there's so many amazing things that you just said. I have like sixty million questions. (laughs) popped into my head, <laughs> or, or just things to say. Like, firstly, the maturity for you to have, and I'm sure it looked or sounded different at that age. But at 16, to be able to say, "This is what I want to do, and I'm going to stay true to me. This is the only way this is going to work." That's actually an incredibly mature decision to be able to to think that. Right? I can do this. I'm going to stay true to me. Um, so that's the first thing that came to mind. Is that that's incredible. And I'm sure there was lots of challenges on that journey as well, as you, yeah. everyone can imagine would come, um, especially yeah. at that age, as we all have in motherhood, but especially in the youngness. Um, and then the other things you're saying, oh my goodness, like what else came to my mind? So this this impatience that you touch on, I think is so key in so many things. So the first one that comes to my mind is actually in this kind of from my kind of business perspective, right? I have this big, big audacious dream. I have this big dream for a business. And there's so many people saying like, we're going to get you to be making $10,000 a month in the next X amount of time. And you're like, okay, but then you feel like crap because you're not. Making ten thousand, but what is happening is you're so impatient that actually we're stopping ourselves from from doing it because of all the things we just talked about with the fear and the and everything else. And I think that's really powerful. And then just in life as well, right? Like how is like we're just impatient about our dreams in general, and we're missing out on that present present moment. And and how do we get that balance between? staying true to ourselves and like acknowledging those big dreams and those big ambitions that we have in our own life, both as mothers and, and that's all. actually just, and, but also being able to stay in that, that present moment and have that joy and experience gratitude and awe and everything that comes with it. So powerful. Yeah.
1: With my first child, you know, I was in, I went to, I was in college and she was in daycare and it was one, it was great. We did, it was, I would not have been a good stay-at-home mom at that age. It was a really good balance and mm. we had a wonderful time, but it was very busy. It was very, you know, active with lots of things. And in 20, 2012, I decided um, that I was going to leave my kind of nine to five job and start my own business. I'd been kind of holding back from fear because of all the things. Uh, And, but I did it. And I was, I put in my resignation and I was starting, I was moving forward. And then I found out I was pregnant with my second child. And I was like, this is fine. This is fine. No worries. It's okay. I can still do it. I did it at 16. It's no problem. Everything's good. I'm just going to, my whole pregnancy, I'll work really hard and I'll get everything set up and then I'll take like six to eight weeks off and then I'll be right back at it. It'll be no big deal. Um, And then that six to eight weeks turned into like six years (laughs) of, of being home. And it was, it was so frustrating for about, I would say about half of that, I was really confused and frustrated and, and like, no, this isn't what I wanted. I had it all set up. I had to cancel all these things that I had, I had done all this work. I could do it. I, I could have done it, right? You have these, like, I could have done that. Um, and mm-hmm. I remember my mom saying, maybe this just isn't the time. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, no. I did it before I could do it again. But what I missed in that, you know, fear that my dream, I wouldn't get here where I am actually today uh, because spoiler alert, I did get here. Right. But um, at the time, what I missed and what I wouldn't have even contemplated is that I got to be a stay at home mom and I had two children that I was with all the time and I did all the things uh, with them at home and I never would have even, I'd never even thought about that before. Um, And if I hadn't thought that I should start my own business, I wouldn't have left that job. And I wouldn't have had that space to just say, oh, I guess I'm, I I called myself an accidental stay-at-home mom (laughs) because I did not, (laughs) that was not the plan. I did not know that was coming. And it was the most magical, wonderful thing that could have happened. Um, And it wasn't the right time for the business. It didn't mean that it wasn't coming. That just wasn't the moment. And honestly, it's the connections that I made and the growth and that I, that I had in that window that have even made it easier for me to be here today, which mm-hmm. I couldn't have
0: conceived of then. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Like, what do you mean by connections? Yeah. So the first
1: time when I was a mom, I had a lot of support of, course, mm. you know, it was wonderful. I was really blessed to have so much support as a young mother. But what I found was missing was community because I didn't have other, none of my friends were having children. I had one friend, right, who was also a teen mom who I could connect with that we met through the process. But really it was very isolating. um, And all the support really is not the same as having community. So when my younger two, uh, I started looking for preschool and, I really knew I wanted to find a community of people. And so that was my number one for preschools was finding a community where I could be involved and meet other parents and really be a part of something. And I did end up finding that. And through that, met all these amazing people. And we we, it was a co-op preschool. So we worked together to make the school run. And I was able to get back into that, you know, my business brain of, of making the school function and working with other parents for a common goal. And then really supporting each other, right? If someone is is not feeling well, we can support you because we're here for you. And understanding that parenting is hard and we're here together in this mess to to do it. Um, And then those relationships grew and so, and deepened uh, as our children grew. And it was such a different experience allowing myself to be on the receiving end of support which I didn't uh really know, or community, I guess. I mean, I'd received support, but I had been so busy trying to show everyone I could do it by myself that I missed out uh on the first time around, I think, on really having those balance, that balance of give and receive.
0: hmm Yeah. Amazing. And so amazing that you found that community to be able to do that you know people say it takes a village and it's like I know it's said far too often but that's because it's true right that's yeah. because it's true and in our village for so many of us is not actually in existence in the more, anymore and yeah and it's so so important and the, and because we don't have it there's a lot of repercussions to that in terms of our own health and the way we think about things why can't I do everything because you're not meant to do everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember with my second born, my friend wanted to drop off food, and I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. You don't need to drop off food, and they were like, no, no, I'll drop off some food for you. I'll just put it on the porch, and I said, no, no, I'm really okay, and later on, they told me that they were hurt, that I wouldn't accept the food, and to yeah. me, I couldn't at the time, right? I couldn't even accept this food during this really hard time, because yeah. I don't know what I, right? I couldn't. I'm okay. I don't need you. I'm okay. Look at me. I'm great. <laughs> I can make dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know, years later, I'm like, never mind. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. having a baby. And feel free to <laughs> drop off food. Anybody, anybody want to drop off food? Just drop <laughs> it off. I'll I'll take it now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and this whole asking for help is actually a huge topic for me I've, that I'm very passionate about. And the concept of asking for help so often we feel like it's a burden to somebody else to ask them or for you to receive, which I imagined what was going on there for you.
1: Yeah.
0: When in reality, accept, asking and accepting help is, is a gift to the other person, right? You're saying, I trust you to help me. Please, can you help me? Right? And that's amazing. I feel like how do, like for everybody that's listening, how do you feel when you help someone? Really freaking good, right? If you know that you actually help them, it feels so good. Why wouldn't we want to gift that to someone?
1: Right? That's so true. It's so
0: true. I was the helper,
1: right? I was always there for everyone. And then I would feel lonely in those moments when I needed something. And I remember this time when I thought, Um, nobody's there for me. And then I realized, oh, I've never allowed anyone to be there for me. I've never really asked for anyone to be there for me. And Mm. so I did this really scary thing, which was I decided to start showing up for my, in my relationships and asking people for help. And I really thought I was going to lose my relationships because, Mm. you know, they were so built on me being there for them. And what I found was they stepped up. They were, they were so happy that I was asked, Oh, I would love to know what's going on. You know, what's what hardship you're having because we can inadvertently give this message that, um, you know, like you said, that we don't trust people that we, you know, we're superior, uh, which is not how we're feeling, but it it was a beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful thing. When I started to trust the people in my life that they were going to show up for me, and and they did. And it was really lovely. And if someone didn't, uh, honestly, they probably just aren't around anymore. And I didn't, I don't notice. I don't think that really <laughs> happened. But I'm like, maybe there were some people who didn't show up. But also, I don't uh, most of the the people closest to me, they all showed up and were there. And it was lovely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So here's a challenge question for you. So how do you ask for help now? That's a really good question. I'll say this because
1: it just happened very recently. Um, sometimes I stop I'll, I won't ask for help. I'll start doing the thing and then I'll actually like stop and say, "No, I can ask for help." It's almost it's not like a I th- oh, I'm going before I begin, I will be asking for help from someone. I still am in a state where I often have to I start moving in a in that old pattern. And I'll notice, I'll notice that I'm not asking for help suddenly, and I'll just kind of stop moving, stop doing the thing, put the thing down, walk away from it and reach out for help. And I'll, if I can tell you one example of this, cause it was so profound that I was hosting a retreat, um, this fall and we were doing these foot baths and I told everyone, you know, who was getting the foot bath, uh, when you're done, you know, we would, we would prepare the water. We would, you'd sit down, we would get you all set up and and when you were done you could either pick up your water and take it out and dump it as kind of a release or ask someone to take your water for you and they would dump it as so you don't have to be bothered with it. And I told everyone this and I went through with everyone and set them up and did the whole thing and I was one of the in the last group to go and I finished the the foot bath and I stood up and I picked up my water and I started walking out and I thought, oh everybody's so relaxed. And everybody's so comfy and I don't want to bother anybody because they've already and then I just put the water down the, the basin down and like put my hands up and I was like I would like someone to take my water it was like the hardest wow. thing to yeah do because I realized oh my gosh I was sitting here telling people all night it was my idea the, this process and before I even thought right it's so ingrained in me so I guess yeah. my point of that for me right now is I still move in those old patterns, but I try to catch myself and stop. Yeah. And when I'm feeling, when I'm hearing that rumination of lack of support, or I don't want to bother others, although that's kind of a trigger for me to say, oh, if I'm doing this because I don't want to bother someone, then I should probably put this basin down and ask for help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually the perfect just metaphor for it, isn't it? Like, nope, just put the basin down, right? Ask for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And thank you for sharing so openly the fact that, like, it's still there. Those patterns are still there, right? And they are in Me Too and they are in, you know, I think everybody, because we've been culturally ingrained to to think this way as women and moms, especially, right? We're people pleasers. We want to help. We want to, you know, all those things. And that's amazing in so many ways, but when those patterns and those thoughts, like you just mentioned, like, I don't want to bother others. So, and if, if that's then sacrificing ourselves, is that okay? Right. That's yeah. the question in the moment. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So powerful. Amazing. Okay. So you've gone through this journey and we've got tidbits of it. So many amazing ones. And you say you've you've gotten there now tell me about that what is what does that mean and where are you now?
1: yeah um I mean I I feel like at this point in my life I've put in a lot of work into my relationships into my friendships into my children into my marriage. I spent a lot of time that they all needed a lot of time uh, and and I did that. And I and I think that's really valuable. I don't think people give that enough credit as far as when you're looking at the business success. Like I can I can say now, I can see how it would have been really hard for me to do what I'm doing now three, four years ago, just because those areas were not in a place of balance. Whether Mm -hmm. it be obviously because of the pandemic and my kids were home all the time, or you know, my oldest is out of the house now. And when she was a teenager, that was not a great time for me to be you know, with young children, it was just for me personally, I'm not saying that's for everyone, but for me, I was doing a lot of work during that. And so today um, I feel like I put in a lot of that work in those areas and built those relationships. So I have this platform now to really put all of my energy into my business and knowing those other areas are okay and we can't always move from a place of everything's okay but understanding there is a time for everything i think that one sentence my mom said is really like maybe this isn't the time and i still was working towards this moment i never stopped working towards this moment but it looked very different there were times when i would see um you know one client a month and they were and that was okay that was what i had space for and there were times when i saw you know 20 clients a month. And then I realized, okay, well, you know, that's a lot. I don't really want to see 20 clients a month. So I, you know, I just shifted as that's all good. It's all work. It doesn't have to go in one trajectory, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what I originally thought. And so I got to like 20 clients and I thought, well, this is a lot. And I'm really tired. I'm having a hard time balancing everything. And I was like, well, maybe if I, maybe I could shift it a little. I could change ideas. What if I did this or that? And I, and I allowed myself to shift and change as, and allowed my dream to shift and change. It didn't have to stay the one thing that I thought it was going to be 20 years ago. And Mm -hmm. that has really been healing um, and helped me to find peace in this present moment uh, of what, what I really
0: want, which is not what I thought I wanted a while ago. Mm. Because you've done the work, as you say, and built that foundation and learned more about yourself in the process. Yeah. The other thing that comes to my mind as you spoke there is this, this idea that I have to remind myself of frequently, which is that even when we feel like we're not directly working towards something, what that dream is, it's moving and it, yes. it's, it's going, our thoughts are going, our clarity is coming, our like, it's like this almost energy, I believe anyways, that just continues to roll. Like if you roll a ball down a hill, it doesn't stop just because you walk away. It's still gonna roll, right? And it might feel slower than perhaps we want it to roll, but it's still rolling. And um, so yeah, that's something that definitely comes to my mind. That it's actually when I step away that the clarity comes, as opposed to I just think push that's forward. That's so perfect. I think the
1: idea is to expand your view of what the path is, right? Because I used to think I was on. I had two different paths I was walking, and I was trying to balance both. And it wasn't until I stepped off of one of the paths, I realized they were always one. It was always
0: the one path. It wasn't two.
1: And so if we, right, it's like zooming out of the picture, like your parenthood, being a mom is a part of the path. It's creating you, it's shifting you, it's changing you in ways that is going to inform the work you want to bring into this world. It It is not a side quest. It is the quest, right? Yeah. So we need yeah. to, we need to hold on to that because we just don't allow that to be true only because I think only because of the way the media, te- you know, views that is like, oh, the mom stays home and she's not worth anything for these years or, you know, uh, that's just not true. <laughs> yeah. It's not true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love everything you just said because it, you know what? I've always struggled with this whole concept that's often talked about or like work-life balance right? And I'm like, I can't, that doesn't work for me. And I've always tried to figure out what the words are to describe why that doesn't work. And to, I'm not sure what the replacement word to balance is, right? Mm -hmm. But I think you just pointed it out. Balance is implying there's two paths and it's Mm -hmm. balancing the both. When what you just said, it is all one big one, right? It's all one big one. And we intertwine in so many different ways. And that like just makes me want to breathe more than like trying to make a scale function properly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And to that point, like before I was like, how much am I showing up to each path every day? I remember my, my to-do lists were like, how much am I doing for this part of me? How much am I doing for this part of me? And it was exhausting. Mm. And when I let go and I was able to let go, which some could say was the divine timing, but also I, I now see I could have done it anytime I was ready. I could have merged these paths. It's just like so much easier because it's just me. It's just me and my life. It's not all of those things that I have to be um,
0: ticking off every day. Tick, 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 tick. Exactly taking off and also choosing and choosing is overwhelming when you think it's like one or the other or the other, or the other, but actually if you're just choosing the big path, how amazing is that? It's like, well, I don't, I've already chosen. It'll just come. Right. Yeah. It's like, I choose the big path.
1: Yeah. If I choose to do something for work, I'm always disappointing. I didn't choose something for my family. If I choose my family, Mm -hmm. I didn't choose something for my professional growth. I mean, right? If it's one path, then everything you choose is informing everything else. And it's a beautiful, Mm. beautiful shift. (laughs) It's life-changing. Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. I love that. I love that. Okay. Oh, I think we could talk for like two hours (laughs) (laughs) because there's so much good stuff there. Okay. So I think our listeners are going to be really curious to know more about what you are doing in your work And what that maybe first dream was compared to what it's turned into now. Tell us about
1: that. Yeah. So I decided to go into social work. I did end up getting my master's in social work. And I've worked since I was 17 in the helping field. And every job that I ever had was in that field. In 2021, I formally decided to retire from social work. And I use the word retire because it was too tempting to go back. Uh, It was too (laughs) easy to people. You know, I had built up my career to the place that I had wanted. And so I was at that place where people would say, hey, could you do this for me? You can do you can. I was consulting at that point. And so it was so easy to say yes, that I felt I had to say retire so that I would stop (laughs) saying yes Mm -hmm. um, to that side of myself. And fully commit to this other aspect, which in 2012, when I left my job thinking I was going into business for myself, and I did for you know nine months, I shifted to energetic wellness. So still within the realm of social work, I call it social work turned spirit worker. So I shifted a little as far as my energetic practice, working as an intuitive and an empath to help people to... Uh, heal emotionally, energetically, to come into alignment and to kind of come into awareness of their own power. And, And it's really interesting because it's a practice where we don't have to intellectualize everything. We don't have to talk about it, but we can energetically notice areas that could use some support and provide healing for that. So that was the business that I shifted into. And in a really awesome way, it has shifted not only from working one-on-one with people, but also hosting retreats and helping people to come together in community. And my newest endeavor is this awareness of when we stand in our own power, when we come into healing our, our energies, we can then begin to live in community authentically. And that it, one of the, uh, those hindrance to that community is that we are not standing in our own power because we think, oh, well we have to be, I have to be one with everyone and not even know who I am in order to really be a part of the community. When really I believe that if we all were standing in our own power and then came together, we would be unstoppable.
0: Yes, 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 you speak my language. I love that, I love that. And that is so important, like get, like. As human beings, we need we need our own stuff, our own power. We need to understand ourselves, but we also need that connection and community. And it's always this interesting. Again, I'm gonna go like this. So I'm balancing again, right? So I'm comparing them as two paths, but actually it's one. Yeah. Um, and we need all yes. of it, right? We need all yeah, of it. Yeah, society
1: wants to tell us that, you know, if you are you're thinking about yourself that you're not being a good member of community, but in fact, Mm -hmm. being able to know yourself and be able to have your boundaries and know what you're, you can handle and how you can show up for others is actually the the more authentic way um, and a more helpful, healthy way to build community. So we don't, we, I don't want to rebuild toxic community. We already have that. We already know how to do that. What if we imagined, how could we build really strong, intentional communities with each other? What would that look like?
0: Yeah. What would that look like? That's so Mm. good. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to wind us down with the question of anything that you, so if we're thinking some of our listeners are maybe at the, they'll be in all sorts of different stages of their journey um, towards figuring out who they are, figuring out their dreams and their mom, but maybe they're a mom already. Maybe they're thinking about it, whatever it might be. If you're thinking of the ones that are perhaps at sort of the earlier stages, are there any tips or thoughts that you would give them to help them move forward?
1: I would say set your intention of where you think you want to go. Have it be, I would suggest it to be as broad as possible, like a broad intention, not like a, not, I want a red car you know, but say like, I want a safe way to travel. Let's say as an example Mm. of like the broad broadness and then try to find ways in every day that you have, you've done something towards that intention. And then say done something very loosely. I mean, find things in your life that have fit into that for you right? It's not Mm -hmm. an active, oh, I have to do something today. But notice the ways that the opportunities in every day that align with that intention and say that intention every day and then look around. It's like a mystery puzzle. You're on a journey. Look around for the things that fit into that intention so you can be noticing them as they show up versus thinking you have to wait 10 years for them to be there for you.
0: Yes. to notice that's huge that's huge yeah I love that so set your intention already
1: yeah they're already here for you it's just grabbing Mm -hmm. them right grabbing those moments and 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 holding them and saying oh here you are thank you and that way we can feel that support while we're in different phases of the journey right
0: it's all one path yeah it's all one path and we just have to start have intention and start noticing what's there to grab. I love that, Sarah. I love that. Amazing. So as we finish up here, is there anything else that you would like to to share or say? Well, I can share
1: that you can also hear me more on the Circle of Fire podcast. Yay! uh, Which is so exciting. And the Circle of Fire, Fire podcast is available on Apple and Google and Spotify. And we talk there all about standing in our power and our sovereignty and building intentional community. So if anyone wants to hear more about that, join us there
0: that's amazing I'm so excited to listen to your podcast as well it's it's clearly up my street (laughs) yeah
1: it's amazing. I think we're both in a lot of alignment with that so I'm really excited
0: I so loved chatting with Sarah Treadwell her insights into fear in relation to bravery and courage and her thoughts on asking for help and the importance of community and everything about our natural patterns and how they work for and against us It's really prompted some deep thinking on my part. I love that there are moms out there in the world who have been through adversity and still found a way to pursue their big audacious dreams. And I hope this episode has helped you to think about what your dreams might be as well. And maybe the first little step that you could take to get there. Be sure to check out Sarah over on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as circle underscore of underscore fire underscore podcast and her website, SarahTreadwell.com. i'm so curious of how this episode has landed with you so please take the time to like and rate the podcast on whatever platform you chose to listen in on and come say hello over on facebook and instagram where permission to be human or you can find me as mel finn later on linkedin let me know what ideas inspirations or questions this episode has sparked for you and until then please remember to take the time to dream big because the world needs you and your big audacious dream.